0: Welcome to the Refine Your Health podcast with Dr. Dion. I'm a primary care physician, and now I can happily add podcaster. Tune in to each episode to hear great information on improving health outcomes, disease prevention, and overall community health advocacy. Thanks for listening. Now let's jump into today's episode to improve your health. Hello, listeners. This is your host, Dr. Dion. Thanks for checking out this episode of Refine Your Health. Thank you to all of the listeners who have been leaving five-star reviews on your streaming platform of choice and those who have not, please do so because that allows me to continue to provide amazing content so that you can improve your health. So let's talk about today's episode. Today's episode is going to focus on gout and why it occurs. So why do we want to talk about gout today is because according to the American College of Rheumatology, Gout affects over 3 million Americans. And gout has been around since ancient times. And this is something that I found interesting that it's called the disease of kings because people have linked it to the kind of overindulgence in food and wine only the rich and powerful could afford. But as we know, gout can affect anybody now. But that was some interesting fact that I found when I was doing research. So let's talk about what is gout. Gout is considered a common type of inflammatory arthritis. And for those of you who don't know, there are different types of arthritis that exist. And according to the Center for Disease Control, there are four other types in addition to gout. There's osteoarthritis, there's rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, and childhood arthritis. So let's of course focus on gout because that's the reason for this episode. So gout can occur at times with symptoms which get worse, and we call these gout flares. And when we don't have any flares, that's considered being in remission where there's no symptoms. And people sometimes ask, is there a cure for gout? There is not a cure for gout. Either you treat it with medications or it's through self-management. So what are the signs and symptoms of a gout flare? A gout flare can come on all of a sudden. It can last for a few days or weeks. Then it's followed by a state of remission where you have no symptoms. Symptoms mostly affect one joint at a time. And according to the American College of Rheumatology's website, 50% of first episodes of gout flares occur in the big toe, but can involve any joint. In the joint, there is intense pain it may feel warm to touch, there's swelling and redness. And just to give you an idea of how intense that pain is, based on some of the patients I've seen in the office, they say it's so intense they can't stand for anything to touch it, like something as simple as bed sheets touching or potentially brushing across the surface of the affected joint causes intense pain. And most of the times people complain of these episodes occurring mostly at night. Why is that? I have no idea. And according to the experts, it's unknown to them as well. Now that we've talked about some of the signs and symptoms of a gout flare, let's talk about some of the causes of gout. One of the causes is called hyperuricemia. And that's basically a fancy term to say that there's too much uric acid in the body, which is considered a normal waste product in the body. And based on if your body makes too much uric acid and or if it's found in the foods that people may consume on a daily basis, which may lead to an increased uric acid buildup in your body. So if you have too much uric acid, that forms crystals that can build up in the joints, fluids, and tissues in the body. And if it increases too much sometimes you can have it also form in the urinary tract and lead to what we call kidney stones. Now increase uric acid in the body doesn't always lead to symptoms of gout but sometimes it can also be an incidental finding from laboratory workup when you go to a a physician's office. Now, if you have not increased uric acid buildup and it doesn't cause gout, then you don't necessarily need to be treated for increased uric acid levels in your body. So what are some of the risk factors that may increase the risk of having increased uric acid production in your body? Number one, being male. Secondly, being obese. And then there are several health conditions that increases a person's risk for developing increased uric acid levels, such as congestive heart failure, kidney disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes. Also in women after menopause increases their risk for developing gout. Medications such as diuretics, for example, hydrochlorothiazide, Lasix may increase your risk. Now, as far as lifestyle factors that increases your risk for developing increased uric acid levels, which may eventually lead to you developing gout symptoms that includes increased alcohol consumption. And this is an interesting one. This also causes increased development of uric acid and that's high fructose, which can be found in your food as well as beverages, especially highly processed foods, as well as high sugar content, beverages such as your sodas and juices. Another lifestyle choice that can impact increased intake of uric acid is the foods that you choose to eat, such as red meat, seafood, especially, you know, types of shellfish, as well as sardines, scallops, trout, and tuna. Now that we've talked about the signs and symptoms and the causes and the risk factors that increase your risk for developing gout, so how is gout diagnosed? So most of the time, individuals either present to a doctor's office, urgent care, emergency room, or a specialist's office. And a medical doctor diagnoses gout based on history, physical exam, as well as possible x-rays, as well as potential labs uh, that may test like what we mentioned earlier for uric acid levels. However, I always like to make sure that I mention that some other types of conditions in addition to gout needs to be assessed as well because could it be gout, arthritis versus some other form of arthritis. That's why it'll be important to get a specialist involved such as a rheumatologist who manages arthritis. However, if a patient presents to like an urgent care or a primary care's office or emergency room, the main thing for most physicians to look at is to make sure to determine if it's potential gout versus other diagnosis such as an infection of the joint. So that's why most of the times it's just dependent on an exam plus a history. And from there, there's a a diagnosis that can be potentially made. Sometimes there is also times where people may actually pull out fluid from the joint and send it to the lab to test to see if it's at risk for an infection versus is it some type of arthritis. So once the diagnosis is made, individuals may be asking themselves, how is it treated? Most of the times it can be treated With medications. So it's through anti inflammatories such as ibuprofen, steroids, or other anti inflammatory medications. However, based on a person's past medical history, determines what direction is for as management for acute gout flare. Of what medication is appropriate because you got to consider if they have kidney issues, if they have a history of stomach ulcers or bleeds, if they have any particular medication allergies. So these things have to be considered in managing an acute gout flare. So some people may ask, okay, I just do not want to be at risk for developing gout. So is there some type of preventative measures uh preventing me from developing gout? Or if you've had gout, what can potentially prevent me from developing another gout flare in the future? So of course, we mentioned some of the risk factors in the beginning of this episode, and that's through your diet and lifestyle. So those Are potential ways to prevent a potential gap flare, such as making sure that work on weight loss, decreasing alcohol consumption, decrease consumption of high fructose types of foods, decrease red meat consumption and shellfish consumption. Also, making sure that you control your underlying health conditions. We mentioned things such as high blood pressure, diabetes, things of that nature, making sure that those conditions are managed and under control. There are some ways to potentially prescribe medications to prevent it in addition to healthy lifestyle choices. We've mentioned that if you happen to be a person that has a tendency to overproduce uric acid levels, there are medications out there that are prescribed to decrease that risk but that will have to be something that will be discussed with your medical doctor to see if you're a candidate for those especially for individuals who have recurrent episodes of gout flares. In addition there are times where people may develop what we call TOFI which is basically if you have recurrent gout flares and that's increased uric acid crystals that we mentioned earlier in the episode that can deposit in different joints and you have such a buildup we call TOFI which is basically hard swollen joint that's full of these uric acid crystals that's going to be important to discuss with a rheumatologist which is a specialist that focuses on managing these types of diagnoses of gout. Once you reach a point like that, that's when a primary care doctor will refer you to a specialist such as a rheumatologist to manage the diagnosis of TOFI gout arthritis. In addition to healthy lifestyle choices, as well as medication management and things of that nature to decrease the risk, as well as manage the diagnosis of gout arthritis. The American College of Rheumatology had a section on their website that referenced home remedies to potentially decrease gout flares as well as decrease uric acid levels over time. And one was consuming whole cherries or consuming unsweetened cherry juice may reduce gout flares. And then a Glass of skim milk consumed on a daily basis, they mentioned may decrease your uric acid levels over time. And if you do have a gout flare, they recommend, of course, resting the joint as well as ice packs may help deal with uh, symptoms during an acute flare. So that was something interesting that I found that they had a home remedy section on their website. And so that may be suitable for individuals who may not be, big on taking medications, but may want to try something that may be a natural uh, source of management for gout flares or trying to decrease their uric acid levels with alternative methods. However, I would recommend discussing that with your primary care provider or a specialist if you happen to be seeing them for a diagnosis of gout arthritis or I should say a gout flare. So I hope the information that I've provided as far as what is gout, how is diagnosed, some of the signs and symptoms, ways to prevent it potentially through a medication, lifestyle and dietary choices, as well as potential home remedies that have been referenced through some of the specialist websites that I discussed on the podcast will hopefully improve your health. Personally, if you've had an issue with gout or no family members. So please feel free to share this information with family and friends if you found it to be helpful. And the most important thing for you to remember from this episode is that if you do have some of the signs and symptoms that may be related to gout, it's important to make sure that you seek medical attention so that a physician can differentiate between if it's a gout flare versus some other diagnosis so that it can be managed appropriately. In addition, I want to make sure before we get out of here that you remember to please make sure that you leave a five-star review on your streaming platform of choice if you found the information to be helpful because it continues to allow me to bring information to you. And it's definitely helpful to get feedback on if the information that I'm providing is beneficial, as well as allowing others to see that this podcast has been helping to improve and impact individuals overall health. So with that being said, this is your host, Dr. Dion. Take care. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe and feel free to tell your family and friends to check out the podcast. And remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only. And the thoughts and opinions do not constitute medical advice.